the search for identity, that which uh, suits best to this uh, real self that you're discovering. If you know yourself well enough, then you discover what you are best suited for, and then that is what makes you happiest, too. Self-actualization uh, means the making real of the inner self, and that means what you love, what you're interested in, what excites you, what fascinates you, and that is the cause outside yourself, which paradoxically then becomes a defining characteristic of the self. Welcome to the Maslow Peak Podcast, presented by Spring State Media Group. I'm your host, Brett Griffin, and our guest today is Jamie Alcorn, a yoga instructor and writer based in Costa Mesa, California. Jamie and I went to college together. We unknowingly grew up in the same area. She has been teaching yoga for how many years now? I've been practicing for almost 10. I've been teaching for about four. Okay, awesome. Mm -hmm. Jamie can be found on Instagram at Jamie Alcorn Yoga. That's J-A-M-I-E-A-L-C-O-R-N. And her website is jamiealcorn.com. Jamie, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Brett. This is Thank awesome. You. I've been looking forward to this. Me too. Me too. So tell us a little bit about the life of a yoga instructor. How did you get into this? You know, just kind of overall describe your craft to people that may not be familiar with it. Yeah. So I came to yoga not having any intention to be a yoga teacher. I came to yoga because I was looking for some kind of happiness, you know, in my body and in my life and my heart. I'd heard good things about yoga and I thought, I'm going to try it. And um, it, it really worked. It worked for me. It opened things up in my life and kind of set me on this path that I did not think that I was going to end up on mm -hmm. by any means. Mm -hmm. um, and I even, I mean, I signed up for the yoga teacher training program on a whim because it felt like something that was going to make me happy. I still didn't think that I was going to end up teaching. Okay. <laughs> um, but along the way, I realized that this was a surprising kind of skill set that I had. Okay. That I had no idea was even within me. Yeah, sometimes you start out on an endeavor not knowing really what it's going to be like. And yeah. it sort of unfolds, you know, to yourself as well as however it was going to go. You also find yes. out some new things about yourself as well. Exactly. And yeah. that's, what it, it, that's exactly what happened for me. So as far as teaching goes, it's been, I mean, I definitely haven't taken a traditional route with teaching. Mm. I tried some studio teaching and that just wasn't for me. Teaching to like a big classroom with a bunch of students wasn't really the way I wanted to go about it. So I teach privates. I teach in either my home or in people's homes. And I prefer to do one-on-one -on -one because that's, that's what works for me. Okay. So what are some of those things that unfolded to you, you know, about yourself that you didn't necessarily expect to come out of this? I really surprised myself as I started practicing yoga. Um, I realized that physically I was a lot stronger and more flexible than I'd ever given myself credit for. Mm -hmm. My stamina was higher than I expected, and it grew as my practice grew. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't just the physical element of surprise and self-discovery. I realized that I had this kind of internal fire and this drive and this 
willingness to keep going even when things got uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. even when things weren't necessarily easy, even if I felt maybe kind of vulnerable in a new pose or something, you know, felt tricky and I didn't know whether or not I was going to fall flat on my face or Mm -hmm. really, you know, make it to standing on my hands. I realized that my, my heart was, was stronger than all of my self doubt, Okay, you know? And I realized that I was able to keep going even when things got tough. Mm -hmm. And that's a lesson that I started to be able to kind of see play out, not just in my practice on my mat, Mm -hmm. but in my life, the like bigger picture of my life, you know, in my relationships with my friends and family, in my work environment. And as I started kind of thinking about where I wanted my life to start going in the direction I wanted it to start taking, I felt more confident that I was able to make decisions that were going to lead me forward mm-hmm. rather than kind of keep me keep me in the, the places I felt stuck. Right. And it, I imagine it's hard to describe, but, you know, for the vast majority of people that, one, will never walk into a yoga studio. Sure. And also, you know, my first experience with yoga was at, you know, 24-hour fitness or whatever. Sure. And it's like, oh, this is, you know, it's stretching and exercise. I need to behind that. And mm-hmm. I think there's a sort of mysticism about what people interpret as the spirituality of yoga. Yes. And it doesn't have to be a, I think people are afraid that it's some kind of religious aspect or cultish kind of thing. And what yeah. you're describing isn't that. It's, no. you know, it's hard to explain to people, but it's no, it's really, it is spiritual, but it's about yourself. Exactly. It's a very, very individual practice which is why I like to do one-on-one teaching Mm -hmm. I feel like being able as a teacher to be attentive to one person in their unique and personal journey in their unique body Mm -hmm. in their unique um, strengths and weaknesses like being able to be attentive to Mm -hmm. that person while they're kind of putting themselves out there on the mat vulnerably is such a gift to me. Right. You know, so that's bringing it back around. That's um, why I prefer to do privates rather than big classes. Mm -hmm. It's, I feel like it's mutually beneficial, teacher and student. You know, we we share a a special kind of experience that way. Now, what's it like in these private sessions where as someone is experiencing some of the same personal unwinding like you're talking about I imagine that very quickly to them feels almost like therapy but you're not a therapist so trying to figure out the appropriate balance of helping them but not trying to solve all their problems like how do you how do you see your role fitting in the middle there it's tricky it is tricky because you know I I am emotionally charged by nature and Mm -hmm. I connect with people by nature I just connect on an emotional level Mm -hmm. immediately Um, as a yoga instructor that's not really not that it's not allowed but that's not really where you want to take it Mm -hmm. you know my job as a yoga instructor is merely to hold space for whatever may come up Mm. in another person's practice and it's not to cast judgment it's not to make commentary. It's just to be a safe guiding presence for whatever happens along the way. Well said. Thank you. 
You mentioned this impacting how you felt when you were at work. So is this mm. your full-time job or do you have a day job and this <laughs> is kind of a side hustle or how so, does all that play together? Um, I have a day job. I have a day job. I work at a coffee shop in uh, Newport Beach and I've worked there since I was right out of college. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it started as a, a job that I was just going to work for the summer. You know, I had just finished my teaching credential and I was looking to make some cash for the summer before mm -hmm. I figured out what I was going to do. And, you know, 10 years later. Right. It goes by fast. <laughs> it does go by fast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I spent years of my 20s beating myself up a little bit about mm -hmm. the fact that I was just working this coffee job. Right. You know, I don't see it that way anymore. Mm -hmm. I really don't. What I see about this job is that it has afforded me the freedom to pursue the things that I actually am passionate about. Mm -hmm. What I've learned that I needed to do was to separate my idea of work, working for a paycheck, right. and doing work toward my passion, my happiness, mm -hmm. you know? I think that for many years of my life, I kind of confused or not confused, but I muddled the the idea of work mm -hmm. or a job and my identity, identity, yeah. you know, yeah. like I'm just a, a waitress. Yeah, that was my party trick for years was, you know, people would ask, what do you do? And I said, well, I play drums and I barbecue with my friends and I right. ride a motorcycle yeah. and I brew beer. And because that's the thing. Right. Don't we do a lot? Right. We do a lot. Right. But and that's uh, my work funds. Yeah, my work funds my lifestyle. Yes. My work is not my life. You yes. Know? And, yeah. Yes. So, you know, after so many years of being kind of resentful, about my job. I've actually come to be very grateful for mm -hmm. my job because I've stopped thinking about all of the things that it isn't. And I've started instead to try to, you know, come to terms with the fact that it actually is affording me the life that I, I want, right. you know, right. Um, it allows me to be able to teach yoga in the way I want to teach it. Mm -hmm without putting the burden of responsibility on my teaching to pay all my bills. Right. Yeah, because anytime you turn your passion into your career, it becomes your job. You know, that's exactly. a side product. And it, it is that simple. You know? Yes. That's one thing is. I've learned doing these is that, you know, that person that has your dream job, it can be your job, mm -hmm. but to them, it's their job, you know? Yes. And they would, you know, they may enjoy doing it, but sure. they'd probably rather be doing something else too. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> Right. <laughs> no matter where we are. <laughs> On your website, jamiealcorn.com, you had a post a while back kind of unpacking some of these thoughts and making a lot of it's about making peace with your decisions and your life and moving forward. And how much of this do you think was, you know, what you thought people's perception of your life was? That's Jamie that works at the coffee shop and she's trying to do all this other stuff and she still hasn't done it, you know, and I, I know writing was part of it. I know teaching was part of it. You know, how much of it is being aware of people's perception of you and your own awareness of that and making peace with all of that together? I'm sure that's all tied together. It's all tied together. Of course it is. Because the thing is, I mean, I write because 
it feels natural because I've been writing since I since I could, mm-hmm. you know. I practice yoga because it brings me peace and joy. It makes me feel good and strong, and I know that it's right. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you think about putting value on these things and how valuable are these actions? How valuable are these practices? Is it just the value of the joy they bring? Right. Or are they more valuable maybe if you're able to put a price tag on them? You know, if you're able to make a living off of them. And tell someone you made a living off of that. That's part of it too. Exactly. That's part of it. Because, and that's the thing for me. I've always had this day job, right? right? That's paid my bills. Right. So why have I had moments of feeling panicky that maybe I'm not making enough, you know, teaching yoga. Maybe I'm not making any money writing. If I'm, I mean, I, I have, I'm making enough money. Right. And you have time to do all those things. Yes. It's not a detriment to your life. No. But am I looking for validation? Do I feel like validation is going to come when I can tell people that this is how I make my living now? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I do know. That <laughs> and having been through this yourself, mm-hmm. you're equipped to deal with these things that come up when you're talking to people and you sure. know, kind of dealing with their stuff. And not that I have all the answers right. because it's an ongoing process. Oh, you yeah. know? I still catch myself wondering if I'm doing enough mm-hmm. or if it's good enough or how can I make it better mm-hmm. social media takes it to a whole other level oh, yeah. because then you factor in how many likes did I get? Right. Well, how, why didn't I get as many likes on right. this one as that one I thought that this one you know I really poured my heart into this one and no one seemed it's it's a crazy way of trying to exist in the world as a creative person right now what was the original goal what did you want to be when you grew up What did I want to be when I grew up? It has changed. um, Well, obviously it's changed. When I was a very little girl, I wanted to be a dancer. And then I wanted to be a teacher. And then I would say about 10 years old or so, I really decided I was going to be like a famous rock star. Okay. And that kind of stuck with me until about halfway through college when I realized I'm going to have student loans to pay and I'm not on TV yet. May not be the best uh, life goals. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm not going to be Beyonce. There's still time. Hey, (laughs) anything's possible. I believe that. (laughs) Do you remember the first time you did yoga and the decision that went into trying that out? I do remember the first time I did yoga, and the reason that I went to yoga is that I felt like I had hit a bit of a rock bottom um, in my body. I had, I was very young, but I'd thrown my back out, hmm. and I went. F- f- I I had trouble walking for months because I had this crazy sciatica and I went to all of these doctors and all of the doc every doctor that I went to said but you're so young Mm -hmm. you're so young something like this happens to you know an older person but you're you're young as I kept hearing that over and over I thought you're I am young and this shouldn't be the state of my body and when I really really sat with it and thought about the state of my body I realized that it was 
very much a reflection of the state of my heart, mm-hmm. you know, because I was, I was going through, I was going through it. Mm-hmm. I was young and trying to figure it out, and things had gotten real hard. Career stuff. Career stuff, sure, and social stuff. You know, I was graduating college and friends were going in different directions Mm -hmm. and I didn't know where I belonged in the world. Right. I didn't know. I had been kind of shuffled through this educational system and been in school from eight to three for what, 20 years. And then all of a sudden you're done. Now what? And, and now what? Yeah. You know, so I, I felt lost and lonely and I didn't feel like anyone really understood and my body was not comfortable and healthy and I thought well maybe this will work and was it immediate or did it take a while to really click or um the feeling that I had after my first yoga class was a feeling it it felt like confirmation that I was on the right track okay for sure but it took a solid six months before I could even touch my toes. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't say that I experienced this immediate transformation right. in my life. But there, I left that first day with a, a sense of peace mm-hmm. and hope that things were going to be okay. What do you think it was that gave you that feeling? It was... The fact that I had done something new Mm -hmm. and different and it gave me hope that there were, there was opportunity for things to be a different way in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd gone out on a limb and I'd gone to this yoga class that I was totally terrified of going to because I didn't know what to expect Mm -hmm. and I'd made it out on the other side and I felt okay. Yeah. So it gave me confidence to keep going and and kind of gave me the sense that, you know what, I can, th- I, I'm still young. <laughs> Just like those doctors said, I'm still young. <laughs> they're right. <laughs> they're Turns right. out they're right. <laughs> so what's a basic daylight for you? So a basic day for me, it depends. I do work my day job five days a week, but I'm lucky enough to work, you know, great morning shifts. So mm-hmm. I'm off work by noon and after 12 o'clock I am free to do what I want Mm -hmm. so I practice a lot of yoga sure um and I write every day Mm -hmm. um I also try to watch the sunset every day if I can oh wow that to me is how I connect that's how I ground back down and remember that there's still something very beautiful happening in the world, regardless of what may have gone on in my day or in my interactions with other people. Maybe I had a funky yoga practice, anything that could have possibly happened. It's like you watch that sunset and it's this beautiful moment, mm-hmm. you know, where you realize that it's big. <laughs> We're in this big world and everything's coming back down closing off and we're going to start again tomorrow. That is profound. It's pretty. I, I'm 34 and I've never heard anyone talk about the sunset like that. Really? <laughs> oh, I just feel like it's, you should try it. <laughs> you should try it. When you tell people you're a yoga instructor, what's the most common reaction? 
The most common reaction, the most common reaction is probably just like, oh, cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Any preconceived misconceptions about yoga instructors or yoga in general? Oh, there are so many, <laughs> especially because yoga's big now, right. right? Yoga's real, real big. And there are a lot of different kinds of yoga happening right. now. There's a lot of fitness-based yoga, mm -hmm. you know, power yoga, yoga with weights, yeah. where in my opinion, that's kind of like you're just walking into an exercise class right. with some yoga With influence. some stretching, yeah. Yes, yeah. sure. Um, but I, th I think that I would say that potentially the most disappointing misconception about yoga is that it's not for everyone. Okay. You know, I think that there are so many people who maybe hear about yoga and are curious mm -hmm. you know you're it sparks curiosity and yeah. they wonder oh that oh may, maybe and then they just immediately stop themselves yeah. and think oh but that's not for me yeah but that's so not for me i can't get into that hippie stuff yeah. or you know i i'm not into meditating or right but it you know it's not it, it doesn't have to be exclusive to any particular group of people or mm -hmm. kind of person. Yoga truly is for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I I really do believe that it can help any person come to terms with whatever's going on inside. Mm -hmm. Physically, emotionally, psychologically, it, it can do you good. So this has obviously been a very personal journey for you. What was behind the decision to start chronicling that publicly? And, you know, start the website, you know, write every day. You said you write every day. You know, what was kind of the genesis of some of that? And what gave you the courage to actually do that and tell people about it? Well, I started, I actually didn't start with a website. I started with my Instagram account. And I didn't start my Instagram account with any intention really to share it. I mean, I didn't share it with anyone I knew. I didn't, I, I just was looking for some kind of venue to process m my experience of going through my, my second yoga teacher training, which was really significant for me because I had flown to New York and stayed there for oh, five that. weeks. Yeah. yeah. And it was a big deal. I mean, I was away from my husband for over a month and I was on the other coast and I'm a California girl. So, you know, <laughs> spending over a month in Manhattan was, it was crazy. I'm surprised you, you came know? back. I, well, <laughs> I'm surprised I even stayed for the full month. Oh, wow. You're on the other side. <laughs> I'm on the uh, other for side. For years, I thought, <laughs> I was afraid to go to New York for years because I had this vision of it in my head. Like, if I yeah. go there, I'm going to have to move there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it, I felt it when I was there the first time. I've been three yeah. times now, but mm -hmm. the first time I definitely felt it, but I did not blow yes. up my life and move to Manhattan. <laughs> Sounds like well, you're on the other side of that. I, yeah, I was definitely <laughs> on the other side. I felt like such a fish out of water. And I've heard that. There are people that say it's filthy and everyone hated sure. me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hated them. <laughs> I just, I mean, you know, I couldn't watch the sunset every right. night. <laughs> anyway, being in New York was... It was challenging for me. So I wasn't just in a strange city 
um, and away from all of my friends and family, but I was also going through a very rigorous yoga teacher training program Mm -hmm. with one of the most phenomenal (laughs) yoga teachers in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, she, Mati Israti, she is the best, but that tiny little teacher is brutal. And she was (laughs) kicking my butt every day. Um, so when I came back from New York, I had a lot to process and it was at that point that I knew that I was going to be teaching yoga, Mm -hmm. you know, I was ready for it and I wanted to do it and I had a fire to do it, but I had a lot, a lot to work out. You know, I'd Mm -hmm. been through a, a kind of once in a lifetime experience and I wanted to start just getting it out and and writing about it in a creative way because mm-hmm. that's just what I do okay. when I when I need to figure something out I just start writing so I I started doing that and I would just you know take a picture of whatever yoga pose I was practicing that day mm-hmm. and write and just write about it and I felt that it was a kind of good way for me to start developing my voice as a teacher Mm -hmm. and start really kind of working out what kind of narrative, what kind of um, themes I wanted to start addressing as I started working with students, Mm -hmm. you know, what I wanted to focus on and how I wanted to kind of guide them. So my writing on my Instagram really was more than anything just me kind of writing to myself and telling myself what I needed to to hear Mm -hmm. and it turns out it that in writing that way it kind of ended up resonating with a lot of other people okay and do you have a creative routine or ritual you know how do you decide what you're going to film that day and what you're going to say about it is Mm. it do you have a do you schedule these things out or is it more of this is what I'm feeling in the moment this is what I think people might want to hear today So I, first of all, I have a rule with myself that I don't let myself go there as far as what do I think people want to hear. Okay. As a writer, for me at least, I, I, I don't know, maybe it does work for other writers. For me, it creates instant roadblock and total sabotage of any creative endeavor okay. I'm going to do. <laughs> Um, I, it just, it paralyzes me. All right. So all of that to say, I don't, I, I don't think about what, what people might want to hear and need to hear. And it's not, not really planned out, um, super far ahead of time. Obviously I'm mindful of what I'm writing and I do think about it and put thought into it, but I try not to, I try not to premeditate too much because I want I I want to keep it authentic. Mm-hmm. I want to keep it real and true to whatever's going on with me that day. So to answer your question, I do have a routine and a regimen. Mm-hmm. I I'm an early riser. So I wake up at 5 and I do my meditation and my my meditation usually will go for about 30 minutes or so and then I come downstairs I sit at the kitchen table and I do my reading and writing for the day and most of the time whatever I've written that morning is what ends up being posted to Instagram later that day so what are you trying to say with the website with the 
quotes that you post on Instagram with the videos? You know, what what are you trying to tell people? What I want more than anything to communicate to everyone is that it's not too late. There was a moment in my life when I was very young that I actually thought to myself, well, it's too late. Right. It's too late. This is just it. This is this is where I'm at. It's just not too late. There is always a way forward. Mm-hmm. Always a way forward. It may require you to get a little uncomfortable. It may require some hard work. It may require you putting yourself out there in a vulnerable way. Mm-hmm. But isn't it worth it? If it will bring you to a happier place, if it will bring you to a sense that you're closer to yourself and your authentic, true heart. Right. I mean, you're already, you know, a person that's having these thoughts is already unhappy. So you might as well try it. Exactly. It's like when I went to my first yoga class, I (coughs) I thought, well, it can't get any worse. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, right. but it turns out it could actually get a lot better. Right. So what would you say has been the biggest triumph so far? Is it yourself? Is it what you've been able to do for others? Is it yoga? Is it your life in general? You know, what would you say has been one of your bigger triumphs? My biggest triumph so far has been all of it. And what I mean by all of it is that I have I mean it's a work in progress so I don't want I don't want it to make it sound like I figured it it out I've made it it's not like that right but that I have come to a point where I am willing to balance all of the different aspects of my life rather than try to fight them Mm -hmm. if that makes sense oh of course of course no So the fact that I'm willing to appreciate my day job rather than be hard on myself, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I haven't done enough and that's why I'm still there. No, I've worked really hard and that's why I'm still there, you know, and it's a good thing. It does good for me. And the fact that I'm able to maintain my good work at my day job Mm -hmm. and appreciate it but still come home and pursue something deeper and more meaningful and purposeful Mm -hmm. to me and that they're not mutually exclusive, that I can do all of that and still find time to connect with friends in a fun way and spend time with my husband and you know, go to visit my family and, and go watch the sunset. I mean, you know, I what I'm most proud of so far is that I have started, I've come to a point where I'm able to really work on the balance mm-hmm. between all of these aspects of my life. And rather than compartmentalizing them, start to find union between all of them. Funny enough, Yoga translated is union. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. How about any disappointments or things that didn't work out the way you'd hope they would? (laughs) 
Sounds like you've already made pizza with some of well, those, but well, I never got a response to my Star Search audition tape. <laughs> Major disappointment, <laughs> but it's worked out. There's still America's Got Talent, hey, and there's all the, there's all that. I mean, yeah, there's still oh, shit. there's oh, still time. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I will say this: I did initially feel disappointment when I tried teaching at a yoga studio. I'd put so much, I mean, I'd built it up. I was, I'd gone to my audition and I was really excited. I was fired up. You know, I was going to be a yoga teacher and I had been offered four classes a week at a studio. And this was, this is kind of unheard of for a starting teacher. Usually you end up on a sub list first, but you know, I was, I had these classes and my expectations for how it was going to feel when I got in that room were were not met. Okay. <laughs> I it didn't feel the way I wanted it to feel. If I I walked in and you know I saw all of these these students kind of looking at me expectantly and I got nervous and I didn't feel grounded and it it felt funny and you know that these can be good things, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm Part of teaching yoga is you put yourself in an uncomfortable position (laughs) and you work through it. And so I did these things and I I did it. I worked through it. But as I, you know, continued carrying on with teaching these classes, I just thought, this isn't the way I want to do it, though. You know, this isn't this isn't the the way my yoga teaching is going to go. Just kind of calling out, um, calling out instructions now do this now do now that. do this yeah. now do that new, now do this this isn't wasn't the way i wanted it to be i needed there to be more of a connection mm-hmm. you know and i needed it to be i needed it to feel deeper and more purposeful than it was feeling in this class so i i felt panicked <laughs> because this had been my plan and it wasn't panning out and it didn't feel right and but what do i do mm-hmm. And um, I was disappointed in myself. I I kind of saw it as a failure on my part. Like I, right. I wasn't. Well, what am I doing wrong? Why isn't Why doesn't this feel great? This is what I'm supposed to do. Why Why isn't it clicking? Yeah. And because I didn't feel like it was clicking, I was kind of devastated mm-hmm. and disappointed. Fast forward through a lot of kind of soul searching and and personal practice a couple years forward. And now I know why it didn't click. It wasn't that I was doing anything wrong. It's just that I needed to rethink my approach. And I needed to kind of develop a way of pursuing my passion, but doing it in a way that felt right. right. And I needed to find that way. And it took some trial and error. So I look back on it now, and it's not a disappointment, but at the time, it, it yeah. really felt like it. Yeah, it's. I've talked about this with other people that you know, you never know what it's going to be like until you actually get in and start right. doing it. You know, whether yeah. it's teaching or, I mean, even being a doctor or being a lawyer, like you never know what it's going to be like, and yeah. you've, you've got it built up in your head a certain way, and then yes. it doesn't go like that, and mm-hmm. you think maybe there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm interested in your answer to this next question because I think you've already worked through a lot of this. Okay. But going forward, how do you define success for yourself? Success for myself is not necessarily having 
a 401k or a title or a mortgage. (laughs) Um, Success for myself is just feeling like I am being completely true to my heart. Mm. That is when I am happiest. That is when I am the most helpful. It's when I am feeling like I am in the most loving space. And that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. I, I say a lot, um, you happy and free. Mm. That's what the world needs. And I truly believe that. I feel that we are at our best to serve others when we are taken care of, when we're taking care of ourselves, Absolutely. when we're happy, and when we're free, and when we're at peace with ourselves. That frees us to be of service to others. That's success to me. Absolutely. So if this hadn't worked out, if you hadn't really unfolded and you know found your true calling here in yoga and become your true self, what do you think you'd be doing? I think I would be teaching English in a junior high somewhere. Probably because that's the track that I was on. Junior high, not high school. I did, well, everyone says junior, high school. <laughs> well, junior high is where I did my student teaching. Okay. And that's when I had an early life crisis. <laughs> These awkward little that jerks. Sent me to yoga. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think that I probably just would have stayed on my career path. You know, on that early career track that I had been set on from a, a pretty young age, okay. younger younger than I should have been making life decisions like that for myself. Right, right. No, I've talked about that with a lot of people, you know, going through college and coming out of college and mm-hmm. trying to pick your career when you've got this right. crushing mountain of debt, you know, right. looming over you. It's, yeah. it's, it's almost cruel. It is. How you have to decide which path you're going to jump on. Right. And and run down it as fast as you can. And you how know? can you possibly know? Right. How can you possibly? You're not in a position in your life to know what's going to make you happy. 30 years down the road, that's too much pressure. Right. It's too much pressure to put on a kid. Right. Anything you're excited about right now? Any movies you've seen or books you're reading? Anything you want people to know about? Mm-hmm. Well, Beyonce's Grammy performance. Okay. She's having twins. I don't know if you've heard. Right, right. (laughs) But that's really exciting for me. Her Grammy performance, if you haven't watched it, is just, as a woman, it's so inspiring. As a daughter, obviously I don't have kids, but I have a sister. I have a mother. Mm -hmm. I have friends who have daughters. Watching her performance was so inclusive and beautiful and magical. And as a an artist myself Mm -hmm. watching a woman get up there and do her thing in such a beautiful and profound way was just magic. And the Grammys was just on last night. That's why it's so fresh in my head. Also, I'm a total bookworm and I'm always reading about three books at one time, but I recently read the book black elk speaks. Okay. It was transcribed for black elk who was one of the leaders of the Sioux tribe over a hundred years ago, I think, but it is so relevant to so much of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. I just, it was such a, 
a powerful read for me. I highly recommend it. If you're all interested in maybe even what's going on, the the conflict with the Dakota Access Pipeline, mm-hmm. I know that's been a big headline right. lately. A lot of people are kind of confused about what's even going on there, but it's, I mean, when you are given such historical context in a book like Black Elk Speaks, mm-hmm. it's very enlightening, and it was really beautiful, powerful. With all that we've talked about, what inspires you to keep going? How do you keep yourself motivated? I keep myself motivated. I remind myself of how far I've come. And that inspires me to try to figure out how much further I can go. That's what keeps me going. I think about the progress that I've made, the journey that I've been on, and how even with all the light and shadow, it's been such a beautiful and rewarding process, this whole life journey thing, Mm -hmm. you know? And I want to see how much further I can take it. On a similar vein, if you could go back to the start of the journey, anything you'd tell yourself? Feel the fear and do it anyway. Awesome. Any last words of advice? Life art, creativity? The only advice I have is to do it. If it seems at all interesting or weird or like it could potentially be fun or bring you some kind of joy, if your heart is giving you that little nudge to try it, just try it. What have you got to lose? Mm -hmm. What have you got to lose? Make time for it. Prioritize it. And don't worry about the money. (laughs) Don't worry about the title. Don't worry about whatever value anyone else might set on it. Do it because it brings you joy. Right. For someone out there that wants to try yoga, what do you think is the best avenue for them? Is it going down to their local gym? Is it doing the hot yoga where they sweat? Is it the weird thing where the Russian guys hit you with the branches? (laughs) What's What's the best way for someone to kind of try it out? There are so many ways to try yoga now. I I mean, if you are really feeling ambitious and super athletic and you want to try a hot yoga class, I say more power to you. But speaking from personal experience, I, I just went to a level one class. I was the youngest person in the class by about 40 years, probably. Okay. And it was still... It was challenging in all the right ways, you know. Maybe I didn't break a sweat. Maybe I wasn't going to come out of there with a, you know, with a great little booty. But it (laughs) did the work that it needed to do. Mm. And that's the thing about yoga. It doesn't really matter what, how you start. You can start at the gym. You can start at home. You can go to a studio. Mm. The yoga will do the work. The yoga will do the work. Oh, for sure. I've done plenty of yoga in my living yeah. room, you know, yeah. on YouTube. You know, yes. just watch yes. someone walk me through it and I yep. do it and I feel great afterwards. Yes. Yeah. No, it's been it's been great talking to you, Jamie, and it I mean no pun intended, but it's been amazing to see you stretch and grow and become your true self. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. the goals here. That's what the show's all about. You know, yeah. becoming making peace with your decisions, becoming your true self, doing what you want to do with your life, finding mm-hmm. the time to do it to see if you like it or not and finding a way to do the things that are important to you 
that make you feel like yourself. And yes. it's it's been amazing to watch you on this journey and thank you. Be your friend and just see you grow and have success and thank you so much. It's been Brad. awesome. Thank I, you. Thank you. So Jamie can be found on the web, jamiealcorn.com. Uh, her Instagram page is jamiealcornyoga. And she's got all kinds of poses there. She's got words of advice. She's got spiritual cones and all kinds of things. So it's, it's really great if you guys haven't checked that out. Her blog is remarkably vulnerable and truthful and inspiring. And uh, it's been inspiring for me to read. And I know you guys will love it. This has been the Maslow Peak Podcast presented by Spring State Media Group. Our producer is Jesse Edmond. If you like what you heard today, you can find all of our episodes on the web at themaslowpeak.com, where you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or SoundCloud to have new episodes automatically pushed out to you. You can also check out our Instagram at themaslowpeak for some behind-the-scenes details. Like us on Facebook and Twitter at themaslowpeak. Thanks for listening, and you'll be hearing from us next week.